Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you're smiling. Hey you, bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, crack a smile. lovers and welcome to today's show for today's podcast today's podcast is presented by podgo podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from podgo i recently joined as a member and you can too apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience that's podgo dot co at pod p o d g o dot c o and a matter of fact don't forget to go on ahead and tell them that movie loves you night sent you hey darnell how you doing man what's going on nothing much I just want to say welcome to the show um, I appreciate you actually taking your time out and wanting to do this review with me well, before we get to let you know, one of my all-time favorite movies is A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, uh, it's definitely the pleasure is mine, trust me. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely am privileged to actually know that it's actually one of your favorite movies because this is actually one of my favorite movies as well. Awesome. So, I'm, yeah, I'm just geeked out over it. <laughs> I'm excited. So, uh, can you hear me okay, though? Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, good. So, anyways, I'm just going to go and introduce the show, then introduce you to everyone, and then we'll go on with the review. Okay, I'm right here. All right. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I actually have Darnell with me from 
Advanced Comics. And also, too, he's actually going to be doing a review with me for Nightmare on Elm Street. Say hello to everyone, Darnell. Hey, what's going on? So, sorry I had a couple technical difficulties, but I'm on here with you. Um, and I'm okay. glad I, I actually just got finished uh, wrapping up my Kickstarter not even a day ago uh, for That's my awesome. comic, Advanced Genetics. And it did quite well. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm so happy to hear that because this is also why I like to actually have everyone that I used to interview on the show mm-hmm. and everything. So do a little catch up with everybody, have a little fun and everything in the process just, just to see where everybody's at, you know, because I, I care about the people that I actually interview. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, it, it did. It did very well. Uh, the book's actually uh, just about ready to go. I'm just counting how many we sold because uh, we sold a lot. We had 205 backers, and um, some of those backers ordered more than one book. So uh, it did way more than I expected, especially for somebody, you know, first time at bat. So just gearing up to to move these books, and then issues two and issues three uh, should be going out simultaneously sometime in 2021, probably first quarter. So that's where we're at with that. That's fantastic, man. I'm proud of you. That that's just great. Uh, also, in um, uh, if you need copies, I know we talked before. If you need some copies, man, for some of your listeners, just let me know, man, and I'll and I'll take care of you. Oh yeah, man, definitely. I'm definitely gonna need that because of the fact that I want to do some giveaways. So, okay. if I can do that, that'll be great. I want to get your stuff out there as fast as I can. Cool, cool, cool. But. All I'm right. not here to talk about advanced genetics. <laughs> Even though you can follow me on Instagram at advanced underscore genetics underscore underscore. I'm not here to talk about that. Right now, we're here to talk about one of the you know most significant slasher films of all time, horror films of all time, A Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'll let you start it. Okay, so this movie came out in 1984. It actually stars Robert England, Heather Camp. And you also have Johnny Depp, a young Johnny Depp, still baby-faced Johnny Depp. And get this, man. I don't know if you knew this or not, but this movie only took $1.8 million to make. Yeah, well, the beauty about horror movies, I'm sure you know, is that most of the time they're pretty cheap to make. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as much as I love A Nightmare on Elm Street, if you look at uh, some of the gags and some of the uh, effects, they don't hold up as, as well as the story holds up. But so I, I definitely could see it costing about a million to make. So it makes sense. Right. Exactly. And it made fifty seven million, which is all which is really great for nineteen eighty four. Not only that, but it's also the reason why we actually got us all those sequels to begin with. Yeah. So a funny thing with me is that uh I'm forty. So when the Nightmare Elm Street came out, I was four years old. I, I didn't know anything about Michael Myers. I didn't know anything about Jason yet. Uh, my introduction to the whole slasher genre was definitely a nightmare on Elm Street. You know, uh, and then retroactively, I kind of went back and I saw the, the Halloweens and the Friday the 13th. But for me, it definitely started with Freddy Krueger, or as I called him as a child, Freddy Cougar. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's a special, special movie for me, and it holds a special place in my heart. Oh, it definitely holds a special place in my heart, though, too, because I was also introduced in the same way that you were introduced. Except for one thing, my mom, for some reason or another, rented this movie at a video store, uh-huh. and we popped it in. Next thing you know, it I had nightmares. <laughs> you you know what? No bullshit. I remember being about five or six years old, and my mom. 
Now, she didn't watch it with me, but she was watching it, and I caught the last 10 minutes of it, and I just was, like, stuck. Like, what the hell is this? So uh, our stories are kind of similar. <laughs> mom, <laughs> mom messed us up, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Even with Child's Play, my mom messed me up with that one, too. Yeah. So, but, you know, another thing, though, too, I don't know if you remember in Toys R Us, they used to have, like, the animatronic Freddy Cougar. Um <laughs> Toys. I don't remember, remember that, that, but I'm sure it was a hit. <laughs> Dude, I had nightmares from that. Like, I ended up doing the try me thing. Mm-hmm. I remember standing behind my mom because I was so freaked out. Mm-hmm. And I told this story before with Tamika, but I'll tell it again. But I had this nightmare where I actually saw Freddy's face and everything. He's in the boiler room. I'm coming down the stairs, I think. Uh-huh. And it's like a frontward angle, like you would actually be looking at him uh, face-to-face if you were directing a movie. Well, and... Huh? Well, go ahead, go ahead. I could actually feel the flames off the boiler. Oh, my from God. From the flames. Yeah, man, it was really bad. And then he goes, okay, the next person to go into the boiler is you. When he went to grab me, I woke up, I was like... I was screaming on top of my lungs, well, covered in sweat. Well, well, the thing with Freddy that that always got me right. Uh, it was a, it's two things. First of all, he he's terribly disfigured, right? So, like you said, so you're looking at this guy and he's just burnt up, and and, and especially in uh, one and two, if you notice, he's a lot darker. You can't really see the details mm-hmm. of his face, so it it really creeps you out. And then also, the infamous Christmas sweater, right? Now, right. I remember reading or, or, or watching maybe a documentary on it and saying that, like, the red and the green kind of, like, uh, it's something with, with the optics where, like, that draws your eyes to them. So I definitely can see you being freaked out and, and having nightmares of that. Most definitely, man. And it also shows a little bit of innocence, though, because it actually does have that Christmas uh, Christmassy type of thing mm-hmm. to where kids would actually be drawn to it. Right, right. In a sense, so, yeah, um, so let's go on ahead and get into it. So this movie opens up, and the first thing you actually see is Heather Landing Camp inside the boiler room, just like I was, and, <laughs> and you hear the screeching on the walls. And I also love how they actually go into it at first with him just making the glove, where you don't know what to actually expect from this, and we're actually seeing this for the first time. Yes, one of, one of my favorite intros, I'm sorry, my phone's uh, zapping right now. One of my favorite intros okay. ever, though, is um, uh, is that intro there, where you just see him making the glove. He's not burned or anything. You just see his bare hand, and he's making the glove, and it's just like, a prelude to like what's going to happen. Right. It's like a prelude. Exactly. And then we find out when Heather Landing Camp is actually uh, having this dream, you know, there's a screeching on the walls, which I really loved. I loved when he's just scratching the walls and it, you know, it kind of irks your ears a little right. bit though, too. Like shock, like uh, nails on a shockboard. Right, right. Definitely. And that actually will make your skin crawl. And everything. So I understood why Wes Craven would actually put that in there because that would actually end up freaking me out. Yeah. And oh, and then also too, then whenever uh, Heather's actually face to face with Freddie for the first time and she wakes up, that was like, oh my, what the hell kind of moment. Yeah, it, it, it was very terrifying, especially watching it 
um, as a young kid. And uh, and one thing about the character, and I, and I want to get into that. I think it was the, the Tina character, though, in the beginning. It wasn't the it wasn't the Nancy character yet. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. yeah, you're right. But, um, one one thing I want to get into with the Nancy character, though, is that um, uh, for me, especially again in the slasher genre, and actually uh, even past that, she was such a strong character. It wasn't about her being sexy. It wasn't about you know a lot of other things. She just was a really strong character, and I always appreciated that about the uh, Nancy character in, in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Same here as well. Whenever I went on ahead and revisited, because I had the box set, uh-huh. um, you know, that's one thing that stood out for me. You know, because in the '80s, it was all about the slasher films, where's the nudity, and it's always about um, yeah. being fragile. With Nancy, on the other hand, she's a strong. She has a strong character arc, right? If you actually think right. about I it, I mean, she went from being scared to being brave, right? And, and I mean, it, it actually. Uh... If you really get technical, it goes all the way to Nightmare on Street Part Three, where they kind of phase her uh, story out. But I mean, I just think as far as a, a, a heroine, if I'm saying that correctly, I think they did a really right. good job with her, and, and and her issues with her parents. She's she's pretty layered if you think about it. She has some daddy issues going on. She has some mommy issues going on. Not to mention she's she's fighting this this uh, uh, un unthinkable demon basically in Fred Krueger so uh, as a character I always like Nancy same here as well I definitely love the Nancy character she's the one that actually stands out to me mm. as part of the Scream Queens if you actually think about yeah, it definitely. aside from Jamie Lee Curtis yep. other, other but, than Jamie Lee Curtis Heather Langenkamp right there those are like one, one and one A if you ask me but, you know, I definitely love that opening scene. And then, of course, you know, then she start. Then, of course, that character winds up asking Nancy, did you have a nightmare? Yeah. Then Nancy winds up right. uh, saying, yeah, I had a nightmare. Right. And and then she went into detail. Oh, and I think that's where, like, like the, the shitty boyfriend pops in and he's like, uh, he's like, come on, let's go back to bed or, or something like that to the mom. And the mom just leaves it. Uh, uh, with her with her dress uh, ripped. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. That, yeah. That's whenever she does wake up. She wakes up from that dream. Okay. I'm going a little bit. I'm. I've kind of fast forward that a little bit. So let me backtrack a little bit. So yeah, she definitely does wind up. Um, waking up from a dream, and then the mom was like, "Are you okay? Yeah, I just had a nightmare or whatever." And so she ends up seeing her daughter's nightgown ripped like somebody actually went on ahead and cut it and she goes be careful what you're doing you could actually uh, rip your dress I'm like how the hell do you rip your dress (laughs) I was like you know what it's the 80s I'm gonna believe it anyways (laughs) you know did she turn into G-Hulk all of a sudden and just put holes in her shirt I don't know (laughs) like thinking about it now like if you know, I don't have any girls, but if one of my sons, right, woke up mm-hmm. like and they had like a little t shirt on, it had like three or four slashes in it. I'm not gonna be like, uh, you know, you gotta be careful who <laughs> what you're doing that night. <laughs> <laughs> so Exactly. That's something I just didn't understand. I'm like, okay, for nostalgia purposes for the eighties, I'm gonna believe that she did that to herself, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> 
But, you know, then we go, of course, like I said, we go into the next day where Johnny Depp and then you have the landing camp and then that other character are all talking to each other. And then, you know, she goes, did you have a nightmare? And then she says, yeah, I had a nightmare, too. It's about this uh, clot. Then all of a sudden the jerk off boyfriend winds up scaring her. (laughs) Yeah. Before she can even say anything. Yeah, Mr. Riley, definitely king of the jerk off boyfriends, too, at the time. And, and, and I mean, we've seen that character in a lot of movies, a lot of Friday the Thirteenth. We've seen a lot of Rod Lanes. Where like, you know, he, you know, he's gonna die. You know, his like, his uh, his time. As soon as you see him, you might as well turn the hourglass. You know, the clock's ticking on a character like that. Exactly, because the douchebag is always the one who gets it, and it gets it worse than any of the others. Yeah, <laughs> you you, you kind of. So. You kind of want to see him get it. I, I mean, the, you do feel a little sorry for him, but you definitely want to see him get it. Right, exactly. Especially that one scene that we're going to get to in a okay. minute. But, um, but yeah, then after that, they go into the school, and Johnny Depp, you can definitely tell that he does have nightmares, and it's about the same person that's in their dreams, because he, he doesn't want to confront it. It just seems like he just doesn't want to confront it. Or anything like that, and he just kind of runs away from it. He's like, and he's like, "No, I don't have any nightmares. I just confront it." And then he walk, goes, and runs into the school. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to be the jock that's, you know, that's uh, big and bold and tough. And I and I think that's how kind of Wes Craven wanted to play it, where like he didn't want to confront his dreams, and and uh, he didn't want to admit. I guess yeah, that, that's being a pussy. The quote, uh, Johnny right. from. Uh, Cobra Kai. I don't know if you saw that yet, but um <laughs> Oh, I love Cobra Kai, man. <laughs> I love it. So um so yeah, I definitely could, could see that as well. And also I believe that was actually Johnny Depp's first movie ever. Uh so yep. so that's a pretty cool gem in there as well. Yeah, that was his first movie, and not only that, but New Line was this was also maybe New Line's uh major film though that they actually made mm-hmm. because they were actually pretty much a straight to DVD not straight to DVD but straight to VHS kind of okay. studio Okay. and then they decided to take a chance on this and that's why the practical effects are not as good as they are right, you know right. what I mean but but still they took a gamble on it and look at New Line now right, New Line is major and, um, and like you said we'll get to some of the effects because some of the effects are some of my all time favorite movie effects so I'm sure we'll get to some of those. Same here as well. <laughs> but, you know, I love the fact, though, that two girls winded up having the same mm-hmm. dream. It's like, will you will you stay up with me at night? Will you come to my house? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself with this, I'm like, okay, if I ask my parents as a teenager, can, can, can I go over to so-and-so's house because he's having a nightmare <laughs> and everything, and he doesn't... I could just see them going... He's 15 years old. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about this, too? All these kids are always 15. And it's like, man, I, right. I did not have that much freedom when I was 15. <laughs> right, exactly. I got off the bus, and that's where I where I was. That's where I was at. I didn't go off anywhere. Yeah, I couldn't. You know, I, I know they, they're in a small town, but I definitely couldn't go anywhere. Right. I live in a small town, and I still didn't go anywhere. <laughs> 
But, you know, I mean, it just makes me laugh because it's like, okay, I'm going to go wash my friend, make sure he's okay during the night so that way the boogeyman don't get right. him. It, and I could just see my friend. What, what the hell do you know okay. at 15 anyway, right? Now, how are you going to protect anybody? Right. <laughs> right. Because you're just as scared as right. they are. Because all you're, you're scared of just about anything that uh, you come up up in front. Right, right. You know? So you have the same fears as your friends do, but you're going to act like that you're all tough, even though you have those same fears. Yeah, very, very interesting. I, but like it's, it's part of the charm. But like you said, it's part of the charm. Right. Right. So anyways, they get in there and they get inside uh, the character's house. And my favorite thing is the uh, whole entire soundtrack that Johnny has whenever he doesn't want to go <laughs> home. You're talking about the airplane and the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can definitely tell that's 80s because I don't think that would that that bit would have worked in today's time. It would actually have been a cell phone rather than a boombox, a radio that would act with a tape in it. <laughs> yeah, very dated. Also, uh as far as the whole airplane bit, like you're that close to the air you're that close to the airport, that was kind of loud, you know. <laughs> so I, I never got that. Like what are you under the plane? <laughs> So, <laughs> so I never got that part. Right, and I never got that part either. To be honest with you, unless that unless he lives in an apartment where the plane is actually flying <laughs> over, then it could then I could see the point that it could actually be. That yeah, loud. yeah. Well, maybe that's what it was. So, well, again, well, for the sake of the eighties, <laughs> suspend. <laughs> right, it's like okay, it's the eighties. We're just gonna leave it at that, <laughs> but. But then, of course, now it's time for them to actually go to bed. Johnny Depp's mom believes his lie they, and everything. The jerk-up boyfriend winds up showing up in the yard. And then they act like that they're fighting again. And then we get the joy of uh, watching two 15-year-olds make love. So that's kind of awkward as right. well, Wes. <laughs> Right, especially now that we're, I'm 35 <laughs> now, so it's like really awkward. <laughs> but <laughs> opposed to when I was actually 15 and would have saw that and everything, I'm like now I'm like really awkward. <laughs> but but you know, um, but yeah, then of course they are making love. Heather Landing Camp is of course sleeping, and I love the the special effects where Freddie is leaning over her. Yeah. In in the uh, in in the bedroom, and now, uh, in my opinion, in right, because they redid a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, in 2010, and they tried to redo that effect, but it was more of a CGI thing, and it did not have the same level of creepiness as this effect. That this effect was spot on. No, uh, we talked about some of the cheesiness, but this effect was uh, was spot on. It worked. It creeped me out as a kid. It still creeps me out now, to be honest. The way they got that. The, Same. the way they got it to move like that, I just thought it was so cool, man. And, and it worked. It worked. It's one of the it's one of the gags I think that really worked. <laughs> Same here. I thought that scene actually worked out well. And then what really gets you is when Heather is over there pounding right. on the wall behind her. I'm like, how did you know? It's just one of those oh my god moments, right. you know? Where it's like, how do they right. do that? Because it's like David Copperfield put a veil over right. her eyes. It definitely worked. And then, you know, then, of course, she holds the crucifix in her hand for protection. 
Then she puts it back on the wall, passes the wall down, and then of course Johnny Depp it can't sleep at night because the other fifteen, the two fifteen year olds are over there screwing. <laughs> you know he wants some too, but uh, and he can't get none. It ain't happening, Johnny. Right, and he can't get none. <laughs> Poor Johnny couldn't even get none that night because they because even Heather goes. Nancy says to him, he goes, we're not here for you, us, we're here for her. <laughs> Yo, your boyfriend is Johnny Depp. You're not, you're not giving it up all. Come on. <laughs> she friend-zoned him, and there's his own girlfriend. But yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, <laughs> then of course, you know, her friend's dreaming, and the scene that I really liked was, you know, you see the pebbles hitting the thing, but you don't actually see the actual person throwing the pebbles. It actually looks like a bullet. Oh, yeah, hole. that's right. So, so Tina's asleep, but she's in her dream now, and they're, they're like, like I said, small pebbles hitting the hitting her window, and it almost looks like somebody shot it with a BB or something, and they're calling her name. That's also pretty creepy. I mean, imagine if you were sleeping that happened. I, I I don't know what the fuck I would do, but that, that's definitely pretty creepy. I'll be like, nah, I'm going back. I'm turning back over. <laughs> yeah, or I'm waking Rod up. She should have woke Rod up. But, uh... Well, remember, remember though, she did try waking him up in his Oh, that's in the right. Dream. That's right. And this is all in a dream. So good luck, Tina. Right. She tried waking him up. Uh, and uh, yeah. it didn't work. <laughs> so. Then, of course, she goes outside, looks around, and then that's when she sees. Uh, I love the alleyway where you see Freddie with his arm stretched out and he's scratching the uh, wall with his glove and everything. That is so and, and then the sparks coming from the glove on the side of the wall. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it just takes me back to my childhood. I, I loved it again. Um, I love the alley as well. One thing that always bothered me, and if you look at it, I want you to really pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's clearly when Freddie's running after her, it's clearly a stunt double because it, the guy looks to be like five mm-hmm. two, and then so as, as she's running away from Freddie, you know she runs back into <laughs> yep. him. As she's running away, she runs right into him. So I guess the way they did the effect was to right. have a stunt double in uh, in the background running towards her and Robert England in front of her, so she's running, she turns, and there's Robert England standing there, but the stunt double was a little too short. And it, I always look at it, and I'm just like, why did they get the guy that played Leprechaun to, to do that? <laughs> or or yeah. Joe Pesci. I thought about even Joe Pesci. You know what, Bill uh, Wise, it could have been. I mean, it, it was like this like little round guy, but, you know, you, it's, it's a silhouette of him, so, so you kind of, uh, you know, stick it for what it is, but it's clear. Right. But you yeah. know what, though? Let's think of it from this angle, though. Yeah, he looks five foot, but it's sure. her green, right? So we can actually shape shift whatever we want in our own thoughts. So what if that angle was just her actually uh, just shape shifting? You know his what? Thoughts? That's pretty awesome if you think about it like that. And, and that actually lends to the creepiness. And, 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 and it adds a little more layers to it. So I'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. All right, but yeah, then of then of course she's uh, down on the ground and she pulls off his uh, face, which was yeah, really it was creepy. Very creepy. Um, I, I, again, I couldn't imagine like 
like you said, uh, seeing something like that. And then uh, after that happens, at that point, she's actually tugging on him, rolling around, and then that's when the shit goes down. That's when the whole entire fucking thing just goes out of whack. Because that's when the boyfriend wakes up, she's tossing and turning in her sleep, she, he doesn't know what to do, and everything. He wakes up, he goes over to the wall, next thing you know it, she starts twirling around up in the air, because he can't see Freddy. And she's getting gutted. And, and you know what? This is one of the sickest things in movies. And, and there's a certain part, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. When her body hits Rod, and you hear that thud, oh, it just mm-hmm. creeps, it just creeps me out. Uh, and I mean, some of it doesn't hold up. I think the part where he slashes her, it clearly looks like it's some type of effect or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't look too good now or to, under today's lenses, but all in all, even just the way they did the effect, I remember uh, watching like a doc on it again, and um, I think the whole room rotated, so that that's how they got the effect yep. to work. And I just thought that was very creative, and uh, the fact that she bled out like that was just awesome, man. I'm all for a death like that. <laughs> I thought it was really cool, and especially the room that rotates. It's like right. a fun house if you actually think about it, but. It, and that thud, though, the thud is what gets you every yeah. single time, though, because it got me, though, too, whenever I watched this just a few minutes ago, because I went on ahead and reviewed, um, mm. rewatched it again for this, so the way everything's still fresh in my mind. But that thud is what gets you, especially whenever the blood just sprays onto the boyfriend. Oh, crazy. So, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the boyfriend jumps out the window, and then Johnny Depp and Heather are by themselves, and they're freaked out over their friend's death, and then that's when they go into yeah. the sheriff's department. Uh, all I can say is, is I, I believe all that was just well done. Uh, Rod, why the hell did you leave, Rod? I don't know why you left, but you're looking guilty right now. To the average person who doesn't believe in the boogeyman, you're looking pretty fucking guilty, man. Exactly. At least day, at least, I mean, even though you couldn't describe what you did, what happened? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. At least try and be there to yeah. be like, look, because I wouldn't. They wouldn't believe you anyways. But at least don't look yeah. like you're guilty for doing it. But either way it goes, I think he would have actually been guilty anyways because yeah. he was in the same. And no, room with her. And no level-minded person is going to believe. But then they, uh, the, the boogeyman, uh, dragged her across the room like that. So definitely, definitely, and. You know, of course, Heather Landingcamp's uh, Nancy's father comes in with her daddy. The daddy issues comes in and comes into play. So does the mommy issues, too. And the first thing out of the father's mouth was, which I was actually shocked, was, are you okay? And then it goes into, okay, now that I know you're okay, now I'm going (laughs) to fuck you up. (laughs) You know, it's like, um, because don't forget, he winds up asking her this what were you what were you and two other boys doing checking up inside that house i mean that's a very legit question and and just to go back a little bit too the right. father is uh john uh saxon who just passed away uh fresh off of end of the dragon one of my, uh, another one of my favorite movies but rest in peace to uh john saxon he, he'll always be uh nancy's dad to me but um yeah but Same. again the concerned father, 
He asked a legit question. I would ask the same thing. I would, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Right. 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 And then also, too, my favorite thing was, remember when Heather dies and the cop goes, he asked the cop, the other cop next to him, he goes, what was she doing there? Yeah. Well, she lives right. there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. Duh. Nah. <laughs> All right, Barney. <laughs> I felt like uh, Andy, the Andy Griffin show at that time. At that point, it's like, okay, Barney, whatever. Well, well why was she there? <laughs> she was Susan making her. s'mores, motherfucker. <laughs> well, she lived there, <laughs> right? But yeah, uh, that is a legit question. If you actually think about it, if you yeah. actually had a daughter, and you know, if she was actually there with two other guys, but. Even uh, even with Nancy's response, it still wasn't yeah. good enough for anything yeah, like Especially that. looking through today's lens, it's like, what, <laughs> what? Because she had a she had a nightmare, mom. Right. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just making sure nothing happened to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why she's gutted right now. <laughs> then, of course, you know, after that happens, the next day. Uh, Nancy is in school. She falls asleep in class. And that's when she sees Heather uh, in a meat bag. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty gross. It was pretty gross. And um, I, I can remember again, not knowing what the hell was going on, but I just remember that uh, I think it was like, was that the one where it was like the worms and shit on the bottom of the bag or something? Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of pulling her a little bit. Yeah, it was a body bag, a plastic body bag, and I think the worms were actually pulling her. And and I don't know why Nancy was like, "Oh, I wonder what was outside in the hallway." She just gets up. But you know what I like that because it it shows that she's kind of brave. Because at this point, you would think she's pretty Mm -hmm. broken. You know, you you just saw your friend laying in a pool of her own blood. And you're having this nightmare about her, and you get up. Mm-hmm. That's true, because you would want right. to check on your friend, no matter what, and everything too. So that does make sense. I'm just, I'm just saying, just from a standpoint, it's like, okay, I don't <laughs> think I would want to move. <laughs> That's got that kind of thing. Yeah, man. But Nancy Nancy's is more brave braver than I. You know, <laughs> you love Nancy, right? Mm-hmm. You love Nancy, <laughs> but. I love uh I love Nancy and everything. Yeah. Heather Landing Camp, awesome. But you know so she goes out in the hallway and then all of a sudden Freddie just kinda raises her hand. You don't see Freddie or anything like that at that point, but uh Heather actually just uh waves her hand up and down uh-huh. and then she passes through the next hall. And then you know, then all of a sudden she starts running in the hallway and then she bangs into an ugly version uh well a uh, little high school girl with a red and green sweater. Yeah, so it, it was a hall monitor. Remember hall monitors? So she 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 right. runs into the hall monitor. Oh, and yeah. the hall monitor's like, where's your pass? And she's like, screw your pass. Yeah. <laughs> no running in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, that's when she wakes up in the classroom and everything because she's actually screaming. 
And then that's when she tells Johnny Depp that she had another nightmare. And then, of course, she wants right. him to so, help stay awake. Again, uh, that whole high school part uh, for me was, uh, again, it, it, it worked. I, I got to be honest, a lot of this stuff worked. Just the the blood curling screams that she did, and and just the way she jumped out of her chair, and I, I think she burned herself to wake herself up. I think all of that worked. Like like thinking about it yeah. now was just terrifying. It was definitely terrifying because if I had to burn myself in a dream to wake myself up, right. and then I have scar tissue from that. I would. I'll be. I'll be honest right. with you. I'll be scared to go back to sleep myself. I don't blame right. one to have it a just terrifying. In her room. But, uh, uh, the more you think about it, right? So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, we'll get to Freddie's background because they explain it later. But, but uh, the fact that like something right. is haunting you in your dreams is like like the worst thing. You can't sleep. Eventually, if you go to sleep, it's going to get you right. So. The fact that it's haunting you in your dreams, right. you have to stay awake, but you know you can't stay awake forever. So it's only a matter of time. That's pretty freaking terrifying, man. It really is, and that's what I told Tamika because Tamika said, "Why am I not? Why am I afraid more afraid of Freddie than I am Jason?" I said, "Because you're right. awake when Jason is coming after you. You can actually physically touch Jason. You can actually physically try and defend yourself." But you're when you're sleeping. That's when yeah, you're, you're so it's, it's nothing you can do. You gotta right. sleep. There are times where I'm so tired, where like I just crash. Can you imagine crashing and 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 you're not waking up because you're so tired? But in the meanwhile, Freddie's like trying to chop you to pieces. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's absolutely terrifying. And 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 when you think about it, Wes Craven had a great idea, almost even ahead of his time because. Uh, Michael Myers and Jason were more like, like you said, you know, slow walking uh, guys with a mask and a jumpsuit, which I appreciate. And I like the movie, but Freddie was on a different level of, of the psyche and props to Wes Craven for that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we're going to get into some trivia in a few minutes with this movie. I don't know okay, some, cool. some stuff I don't know if you knew about or not. But uh, okay. that's going to come like towards the end of it, though. But um, I have to say, though, that would actually freak me out with the body bag, with the hall monitor, her waking up, burning herself. And then after that, she gets Johnny Depp, of course. You know, Johnny's telling her how to actually defend mm-hmm. herself in the dream. Because if you remember the talk that they had at the park, he goes, well, some people would actually, this is what he said, well... Some people would actually just turn their backs to the killer or the nightmare itself to sh- uh, so that way the so right, the way the right, nightmare right. itself would just die. And she, and then she said, "Well, what would happen if they didn't? Well, they would just They've die." Been pretty pretty creepy. The the Balinese way of dreaming. I remember that scene. And I like that because it actually plays out true on what happened with the boyfriend who got hung mm-hmm. by Freddie inside the jail cell. Because that actually happens. Because it was actually supposed to be a snake that actually winds up wrapping uh, him around, you know, uh, wrapping the uh, the lens yeah. around the jail cell and hanging him. Yeah. And then 
of course, what happened with her friend. So it definitely all plays out like that. My my only thing is this, though. If Johnny knows how to do that, then why isn't he doing it? I know that, you know, he's supposed to be this jock. But, you know, you would think that he would actually try to have... Yeah, but he, he, he's exactly. reading all this deep stuff. But in the meanwhile, like, your friends are dying, dude. Don't you think you, you should have gave him this information a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like all of a sudden I'm doing research on what happens. <laughs> Everything. It's like, here's your research. Here's the hour that I did the research and good luck, Nancy. Have a nice life yeah. and everything. Ridiculous. And that's it. Ridiculous. Thanks a lot. Uh, uh, but, what's his name? Glenn. Thanks a lot, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, Glenn. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, he ends up saying, well, what are you looking at? Oh, I'm just looking at uh, how to booby trap my room. And I love the booby trap thing, though. It reminds me so much of, yeah. you know, Home Alone a little bit and things like well, that. Well, Home Alone, Home Alone stole that from a nightmare like on Elm Street. But, but I like the booby trap, uh, the whole play with the booby traps as well. Uh, I mean, she turned, she went from uh, 50-year-old to MacGyver yeah, in, in the same movie. It was... It was just amazing, so that's pretty cool. Right. And then, of course, you know, she winds up falling asleep again, and then that's when mm-hmm. she tells John, Bill, she tells Glenn, wake me up if I fall asleep. Right, right. Or if anything happens to me. So, you know, of course, she ends up falling asleep, and Glenn is also sleeping, though, too. And when she's being attacked by Freddy, as a matter of fact, she actually had to use her own alarm clock in the dream. Okay, yeah, and you know what? Again, to cut in, this part really got intense for me because this is the part where Freddy's chasing her. She goes back in the room and she's like, it's just a dream, it isn't real. This is just a dream, it isn't real. And Freddy just crashes through the door. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, it's like a mirror. Well, she jumps out the mirror, the mirror and, and he's on top of her, and and um, and she's fighting him. And like you said, as her alarm goes off, you see some of the pillow, some of the uh, feathers from the pillow. And again, that's like a little precursor to what uh, what she's starting to learn about the dreams. Exactly, and then she wakes up. She ends up hitting Glenn, calls him a son of a bitch, <laughs> and everything, which I don't blame her because Glenn should have been there. He should have went right? on in and woke her up. <laughs> right? How rude, Glenn. How rude. And then, of course, you know, he sneaks out the window. And, of course, she actually has, yeah. in fact, Freddie's hat. Uh, that's actually whenever she winds up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's falling right. Asleep she falls in the sleep apnea room, though. Like you said, the sleep hospital. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. And, yeah, and that's when she has that struggle and she wakes up with Freddy's hat. And that's also a thing, too, when she actually does uh-huh. uh, grab the boiler and and she right, wakes up right. herself uh, so, self with a burn. So at this point, she's learning that I believe. whatever happens in your dream can't happen in reality. So, if again, if, if a pillow gets cut up, you're going to see right. some of the feathers. If you burn yourself, uh, you're possibly going to have a, a, a third-degree burn on your arm. 
if you pull his hat off and you wake up with his hat, you're going to have his hat. So Nancy's uh, learning. And, and we're learning as Nancy learned, which is cool. Right. And I love that. I love the fact that we're learning at the same time as the character is. Right. It's like, okay, how is she going to take this character down? And everything that's playing mind games in her dreams. How is she going to do that? And then the realization that she can actually yeah. pull in objects from her dream was awesome. And at that point, that's when she decides to go on ahead and start booby trapping her room. But then her mom said this to her: "Come downstairs in the oh, basement yeah. with me. I so, have something I again, need to show you." Again, her mom has some issues. Her mom seems like she's an alcoholic, and uh, she doesn't really. You know, she isn't really on it like most moms are. And and uh I think she wants to kinda of tell her the truth now. So now it's now it's time to tell the truth about Fred Krueger. Is Nancy crazy? Is there Fred Krueger? Is it all in her dream? Mom, what do you know? And then that's when she tells her the story about the parents on Elm Street got together right. to take down this child murderer and at that time there was that's all we knew him as is a child mur- murderer in the reboot remake they yeah. changed it into a child molester instead but you know he was a child killer in this movie where he just went around killing children and then we went on ahead and i have this and there's a, the a music cue that happens that when she dream. pulls the glove out that gives me the chills as well. It's like, it's kind of like, it's just this unsettling noise when she pulls the glove out finally. And Nancy looks at it and you can just see her buckle a little bit. Like she gets almost sick, like looking at it like, yeah, yeah, mom, you fucked up. You should have told me this. Mm -hmm. And even she tells her that. Even Nancy says, you should have told me this a long time ago about what happened. Uh, then not make me think that what I'm actually facing yeah. isn't real whenever it is, is in fact real. And also, too, I was like this. I was like, okay, we have the glove. Why can't fight you fire with fire, the glove right? on? Right. That's what I was thinking to myself. I'm like, you know, you have your weapon now. You have a way to actually defend yourself against him. Why not do that? But I'm glad in a way they did and allowed her to actually face off against him without any weapons. Yeah. Na- because Nancy basically is she is badass. And uh, uh, again, I, I can't say it enough. Uh, one of the best uh, teenage heroes in any movie. I, I, like I said, she holds up today, I think, as far as teenage heroes goes. Exactly, exactly, man. I, I She is definitely on my list of Scream Queens and everything, you know, because you can't be, go wrong with Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, but you also can't go wrong with Heather Landingkamp either. And of course, you know, once we actually see that play out, Johnny Depp is once again trying to come to a rescue, but this time the mother actually puts yeah, bars right. on the windows. Like she's in prison. And I'm like, okay, pretty much. This girl Mom just almost die. sealed the deal yeah. on, on Nancy's death. It's <laughs> like, can you do anything <laughs> worse than, this, than what you just did? 
Especially when she takes the keys. It's like, it's almost hopeless get for out of the house. Uh, all right. So we're back. Um, so let's see here. We were actually talking about Glenn, about how now they have no choice but to talk to each other through their phone lines. Mm-hmm. Now, here, here comes one of my least favorite effects as well, but go ahead. Okay. And, you know, at that point, like I was saying uh, before, you also have Glenn's parents who's pissed off at Nancy because of all the murders that were actually taking place where you actually had two people that died. And they're blaming Nancy for it, whenever it's not even Nancy's fault to begin with, but it's hard to actually find an invisible being. But also, too, they wind up disconnecting the phone, well, putting the phone off the hook to where she can't even call him. Right. So at this point, she wants Glenn to stay up. Glenn's focused on uh, watching New Miss America or something. And he's in his room dozing off. And uh, like you said, she tries to call and they take the phone off the hook. Now, uh, it's not like you said, it's not like today with cell phones. It was virtually impossible to take the phone off the hook. So that was a big deal. She cannot reach Glenn now. Right. And they also set him up for his own uh, farewell tour, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) And everything, too. His own death. And, you know, I actually like this scene. I actually love the effect on it. Because this uh, is actually over fifteen hundred gallons of blood, I think that they used, or something yeah, like that. Right now, now this uh, Glenn's death. Now the the effect that I didn't like was uh, when the phone rang again, and Nancy already disconnected her phone, and it's Freddie, and he's like, "I'm your boyfriend now." And you look at the phone; it's like a creepy mouth with mm-hmm. a tongue. Like I'm like, this is complete bullshit, <laughs> but. <laughs> So that that one doesn't hold up too well for me. I, I just, no, no. But, that uh, as far that as the, the the Glenn death, oh my god, uh, it, it was just sickening. Like the thought of it, more than more than the visual for me, the actual thought of somebody dying like that uh, is, and and the cops played it off well too. Uh, there's one there's one uh, comment. They say, well, well, where's the coroner? Uh, the coroner's in the bathroom puking his guts out, and it's like wow. Uh, so the the whole Glenn death was well done. I, I agree with you. Him being pulled underneath the into the bed and everything was really good. I really love that that scene. And matter of fact, I think that scene actually holds up a lot better than that phone scene that you were talking about because I also don't like that phone scene either. It, it's actually really cheesy if you actually look back on it now. Yeah, pretty and... pretty cheesy. <laughs> It definitely is. And, uh, of course, you know, that's when Nancy goes on ahead and was screaming out the window in the bar, behind the bars and everything. And then her father's like, oh, what happened? Next thing you know it, she, uh, they realize that they have another death on their hands. Yeah. And then Nancy goes to sleep. And then that's when she faces off against Freddie. Yeah. And then you can face off, yeah. man. I'm gonna let you do the face-off scene. I'm gonna let you do that one. Okay. All right. Uh, again, one of my favorite scenes uh, of a Nightmare on Elm Street is when Nancy finally uh, goes to sleep to face Freddie one-on-one. Uh, so she sets like a ten-minute timer, but 
Uh-huh. But it seems like a long way to 10 minutes because she's looking for him and she's in the boiler room. She finally catches him. And uh, the first thing she does is run. Uh, so Freddie's chasing her around and I believe they jump out the window of her house and uh, she thinks she loses Freddie. But again, she Freddie runs into her and she holds on to him right on time. They wake up and Nancy doesn't see Freddie initially. And she thinks that uh, maybe she is crazy. So what ends up happening is uh, Freddie pops out of, out of nowhere and now he's in the real world. Freddie proceeds to chase Nancy all around the house, and guess what Nancy has all around the house? The booby traps. Traps. And you know what's funny, though? She actually puts them on fire. Yeah. She actually... <laughs> yeah, she's so, so they end up getting to the basement, right? So they, they go through the whole fun house. Like I said, the whole Home Alone fun house. Uh, Freddie gets... She kind of explodes him a little bit. Uh, she drops a sledgehammer on him. He, and, you know, he's he's getting fucked up. And, and one of the things, if you look at all of the Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddie can't fight. I don't know what it is, but when you, when it, when it's time to fight one-on-one, Freddie's going to lose. So so Freddie's getting his ass kicked, right? He chases her to the basement, and she uh, throws a, a bottle of, I don't know if it's gasoline or why the hell they have gasoline in their basement is beyond me. But Especially whatever with it the is, it's very flammable. <laughs> It's, right. it's so flammable. Yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. So it's so flammable that um, that Freddie lights up instantly. He also gains. Uh, it looks about looks like about a hundred pounds. Also, uh, uh, <laughs> look at the effect. But that's neither here nor there. Freddie chases her up the steps, and she shuts the door on him and locks him in the basement. So we're led to believe. Uh, in the meanwhile, she's screaming out the window uh, for her father's partner to come in, to get her father. She's got Freddie. He finally wakes up and, and does it. Father and the partner uh, bust in the house and literally know that Freddie already made his way up the stairs uh, to the bedroom where the mother's at. And then that's when the mother winds up dying. Right. He ends up uh, he winds up killing the mother. He, she gets sucked into the bed. And that effect just does not work now, if you actually look yeah. at it. Yeah, like, what was that? I, I I don't, I really don't know what happened. I don't know if Freddie jumped into mom's dream. I, to this day, I don't know. I'm not sure what that was about. Because it looked to me like when he went, went in the bedroom that Freddie was, like, choking the mom out or smothering her. And they hit her with a chair. They, I mean, they hit Freddie with a chair. And the the father puts them out with a blanket, and then, like you said, it's like, wait a minute, what the hell's going on? And she just like she's like burnt up, and she just goes into the bed. Right, and I was like, okay, if you can actually kill her when you know, as if she into a dream, everything. Why didn't you just stay in your dream world so you didn't get your ass kicked anymore? I understand you want to take Nancy down, but you need to recover though too. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, but hey, yeah, I can hear you fine, man. We're back, we're back, we're back. back. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties and everything, but we're back again. So let's go on ahead and start off with the whole entire thing with the mother going into the bed. We did that part, 
So now we're going on with how Nancy is now face to face with Cougar, just her and him alone. Right. So now Nancy's thinking about the uh, the great advice that Glenn gave her, which we talked about earlier, about turning your back on your nightmare and draining your power uh, essentially from uh, uh, the the nightmare. I guess the thought behind it is is that Freddie kind of runs off of your fear. So uh, Freddie pops up out of the bed, and she knows it. She turns around, and she has her back towards Freddie, and she gives Freddie, like, uh, this speech, saying how she's not going to give him any more energy, and she's not going to give him any more power. And uh, Freddie's almost shocked. He's like, what? And she's like, that's right. I want my mother, and I want my friends back. And Freddie's looking at her like, What? And Freddie goes to, you know, stab her one last time. But instead of stabbing her, he just dissipates. Uh, And once that happens, Nancy opens the door to her room. And voila, it's a new day. It's a foggy morning. And uh, she's standing in her doorway talking to her mother, waiting for her boyfriend, uh, Glenn, who's alive now, as well as her other two friends, Rod and Tina, to, to come pick her up. And then that's when she kisses her mom goodbye. And then at that point, her and Glenn, are, uh, she gets in the car with Glenn. The car starts slowly uh, driving away and out of Glenn's control. Yeah. So I'm, and, I'm, a, big, yeah. I'm a big fan of um, unconventional endings. Like, we, all, we like when a hero, you know, gets their just due. But I love when you get that little, just that little snippet of, you know what? Yeah, the hero won, but technically no, the hero did because Freddy's right here, and guess what? He's still going to haunt you, so I, I love that aspect of it. And uh, the mom's kind of standing there just waving bye to him, oblivious to everything. And another effect that didn't work for me, but I'll let you take this one. Yeah, it's the effect where the uh, Freddy's hand pops up from behind the little door opener, uh, and he pulls her into that little hole, which does not work. <laughs> Whether you're <laughs> dreaming it or you're not dreaming, you cannot do that unless you're Winnie the freaking Pooh or something like that on that <laughs> freaking level. But even Winnie the Pooh would even have a hard time sucking his gut into that. <laughs> but <laughs> but it does not work. I, guess what? I actually posted a GIF of this uh, last year <laughs> and I on Facebook. I said, when the piece of delivery car uh, comes in to get your pizza and it just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and <laughs> so listen, I made a bunch of jokes. <laughs> li- listen, I know it's like the last year, but man, that felt so <laughs> flat. And and I love the movie. Uh, if I was the greatest nightmare on street, I I gave it an A. But that it just fell flat right there for for a last year. They're right. better off. They honestly were better off with. Freddie pulling off with Nancy banging on the window and the mom waving, and then they pan off and the girls are playing jump rope singing a song. Why the hell did they have that that last gag? I don't know. It's it's beyond. I I don't know either, to be honest with you, but it would actually fit more if he where it was Glenn driving still, but then Freddie transforms out of Glenn's body, and now it's actually Freddie, and then they drive off and the girls are jump roping. That would have been crazy. That would have been so crazy, man. Um, and, and I know, uh, looking back, you know, we, you know, it's like a, a court, uh, what is it, armed uh, quarterback in front of the couch or whatever. But that would have been crazy. I, I think um, uh, 
especially the Freddie that we know now. That would have been sick. So, but we got what we got, and like I said, it's still a classic. Right. So I know I promised some trivia, but I know you only have a few minutes left. Let's let's get to some of it. Let's get to some of it before. I, I I got a few minutes. Let's try to get to some. Okay, okay. In the original script, Freddy was a child molester. However, the decision was made to change him into being a child murderer to avoid the accusation of exploit, uh, exploiting a series uh, of child molestations in California around the time of production. He was written what? as a child molester in the 2010 remake, like I was saying. Right. What's interesting about that as well is um, Wes Craven has an interesting mind. Um, you know, he he does a lot of. Um, if you if you remember his first movie, I believe was um, the Last House on the Left, which you know dealt with rape and um, you know it was very graphic. And uh, I think he likes to to really dwell into places that are like uncomfortable. So the fact that Freddie was a, a child molester originally, and and was and what was talked out of it, it makes complete sense to me. Right, exactly. Because you don't want any more controversy than you already have already. Right. So why why go on ahead and beat a dead horse to right. death? And you want your mo- money uh, movie to succeed, so you can't actually have that with some controversy, even though it is controversy, but it's controversy for the wrong reason. Right. Uh, then, of course, you also have Wes Craven also had an original concept for Freddy Krueger. It was considerably more gruesome, with teeth showing through the flesh over the jaw, Pus running from the uh, sores and a part of the skull showing showing through the head makeup of artist David B. Miller argued that an actor couldn't be considerably made up that way, and a puppet would be a hard to be hard to film and wouldn't blend well with live actors. So these ideas were eventually abandoned. Again, that's Wes Craven's uh, big bold mind. I mean, it may work in tw- uh, two thousand and twenty. But definitely in 1983, 1984, it would not have worked. Exactly. And then, okay, this is going to be my last one. Because I remember reading about where he was actually fascinated with sleeping pills, where someone actually died uh, trying to stay awake. And that's when he came up with the idea of the concept of someone killing someone in their dreams. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, this is what he actually, according to Robert England, he based the physically, the uh, physicality of Freddy and Claus Kineski's performance in Winter uh, Vampire from 1979. England also says on his DVD commentary that in his mind, the backstory of Freddy was based on something from his own childhood. On Valentine's Day, when England was in school, everyone in class made Valentine's Day cards for one another. But there was one boy who received no cards from anyone. England theorized that this boy went on to become Freddy. Hey, hey, you know what? Uh, and we didn't really get into Robert, but um, Robert's not known for too many movies. Um, uh, Wishmaster and Freddy Krueger is already what I know him in. But uh, he brought a certain swag to Freddy. He brought a certain uh, uh, charisma. He brought a certain... Uh, uh, almost uh, moved to the character that I don't mm-hmm. think anybody uh, could have done. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley failed at it. I mean, there's that, that no other way to put it. I thought he would have been a great Freddy, but he just couldn't do it. 
Those were some big uh, shoes to fill. So uh, I, I've never met Robert England, but it's on my to-do list. Uh, I have. I, I know he's in the seventies. You said you have. Yeah. Oh, man. I met him at a con, believe it or not, in New Orleans. Oh, I'm jealous. And... I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, so... And yeah, go on. Go ahead. Okay, my experience with Robert was great. He's really friendly, down to earth. He only charges me fifty bucks for an autograph at that time, or fifty or sixty dollars, right. which is not bad. But he's also known on Star Trek. He did play a bit part on Star Trek. Okay, cool. Uh and matter of fact, I even acknowledged him on Star Trek. He goes, you know what? I'm glad someone acknowledged me on Star Trek because I love Freddy. That's my passion. But it's just good to know that somebody else knew me from other than Freddy. Um, he also played on Nightmare Cafe, which is like an uh, acknowledge, uh, anthology series that used to come on TV that I used to watch all the time. I remember that. I, I love stories. that. Yeah. So he's been around, man. And also, too, my favorite thing, though, too, on the autograph, it said, two John sleep kills. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so. He, he knows how to milk it, man. He knows how he to does. milk it. And, and again, salute to Robert England, man. He made an iconic character. Uh, 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 it's funny. When you watch A Nightmare on Elm Street, one in particular, Freddy is definitely a lot more scary. Uh, three, the one line. And, and and things of that nature, but uh, but as far as a Nightmare on Street, the the original one, I mean, man, he he, he killed it. He killed them all, but Freddie definitely, definitely <laughs> uh, grew and changed. And you could tell different writers had different ideas of what Freddie Krueger meant. But as far as Wes Craven's right. original vision of this horrible, horrible burned person, uh, he killed it. Definitely. So that's gonna be it for the show and everything, man. Do you want to plug anything in uh, after for the show? Instagram. Right now, the only way to follow me really is Instagram. So advanced underscore genetics underscore underscore. Uh, we sold. Uh, we pretty much sold out right now, but we are going to be restocking books very soon. We're working on issues two and three. Uh, we're going to put a little store on the Instagram. Again, advanced underscore genetics underscore underscore. My name's Darnell. I've had a great time, and I'll let you uh, take it out. Okay. And I do appreciate you being on, man. It's been a blast. This has been a great episode talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, so, anyways, you guys can actually follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Loves Unite, on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Loves Unite over there, Movie Lovers Unit on on. Twitter. You can also follow me at John DiGiorgio8 on Twitter. Another thing too, guys, we actually have a website now called MovieLoversUnite.com. You can get all your information, all your movie news there. And one other thing, I want to actually mention this. If you guys want to donate towards the show, you guys actually can do that now. Just go to BuyMeACoffee.com slash MovieLovers and you'll be able to donate towards the show. I'll have that link in the show notes. All the links that you need will be in the show notes. Matter of fact, man, go ahead and drop your link into the... uh, when we get off here so I can actually put that in the show notes and that way people can go on ahead, order the books and everything too. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I can't say enough how much fun I had tonight. As you can see, it's one of my favorite movies. And again, anytime you need me to come on the show, just holler at me, man. You know where I'm at. All right, man. Most definitely. You have a good night. Now. All right. Take care.
All right, man. Bye.